Well, listeners, we're back with the Selly Podcast, and this is episode three. It's been a little too long, Winnie, but uh, here we are, episode three. I'm Tom Chorsky, and I'm with Winnie Brown, and we hope you're going to find this latest episode to be entertaining, educational, and informational. I'm going to hand it over to you, Winnie, and you can introduce our guest. Yeah, so Tom, we have with us the lovely Amanda Levier. And I'm honored to have known Lev, not only um, being her teammate, but also working with Lev as well. So known Lev, gosh, when she was a player at the U of M and now as an adult, uh, her as a coach, and she's a phenomenal goalie and a phenomenal coach. Um, Just a little history about her. She's Canadian from Kingston, Ontario, correct? Mm -hmm. So if some people need to go get a Started in Montreal, as I Some of us might have to. Um, And uh, she's... Played in four national championships with the Gophers, winning three, which is incredible. And she's also a two-time Isabel Cup champion uh, for professional women's hockey with the Buffalo Buttes and the Minnesota Whitecaps. So, Lev, thanks for uh, joining us today, and uh, we're looking forward to get to know you more. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to have a good hockey conversation with you, too. Yeah, so just a little bit in our pod, we usually like to just get to know the person just a little bit. You don't have to tell us your whole life history, but we just are curious about your goalie. So how did you get into playing goalie? Okay, well, I think I was. it was destiny for me to be a goalie. I have an older brother who and a dad who was just absolutely loved hockey, and they were convinced that my brother was going to go to the NHL. So they needed somebody (laughs) to go in the net and help prepare him for that. So at a very early age, I was already thrown in the net. Older brother or younger brother? Older brother. He's three years older than me. Three years, okay. Yep, and I was just thrown in the net to take shots from him. And then on the other side of that, I, when I play, I'm, and Winnie knows this because we're teammates, I'm super competitive and I want to be involved in everything that's going on on the ice. And I had a really difficult time when I was younger getting off the ice. I didn't understand the concept of you have to take shifts. Like, right. And it was, when I say it was bad, it was humiliating for my parents. I would lie on the ice and cry. The ref would have to let, like pick me up off the ice it. and place me on the bench. And it became so bad. My parents were so embarrassed. They gave me the option, either play goalie and don't come off the ice or like, we can't take you to the rink anymore. Cause they just, they couldn't handle that anymore. Well, but see, that's the passion behind it. Yeah. I mean, you I, can't teach. It's so just in you. Kevin Gorg, local TV, you know, commentator, analyst for the Minnesota wild. I grew up about the same time. He's a goalie. And he says he didn't want to sit on the bench and watch the shifts. He was like, I figured if I could be the goalie, I'm on the ice all the time. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Total so sense. it's kind of like mm-hmm. you didn't want to come off the ice. No, You're like, well, if never. I have, there's only one position I can play if yeah. I can stay on the yeah. ice the whole time. That's well, that's where funny. I always tell people because of my coaching, I go, kids are way smarter than all of us. I go, they're going to get what they want one way or another. <laughs> and that's anyone true. that has their own kids out there, they know exactly what we're talking about. So. Love, you got your way. Mm-hmm. So then what happened after that, once you figured out that you had to be on the ice the whole time? Then, uh, then where did you go? What, or where did your, your career go? Then I started to enjoy it a little bit more. I think it was 10 when I stopped playing half player, half goalie, and just fully was a goalie. And at that time, I growing up in Kingston, there's very limited opportunities for girls hockey players to play at high levels. So I played about two seasons with girls before I switched over to playing boys. And then I played boys from, I think it was 11 all the way up until I was 17. And there was a lot of benefits to that, but also some pretty tough times. You, did, you didn't want to play ringette? Actually, was, no. it, was ringette still a thing? <laughs> it was. My mom oh, actually still played. is. Yeah, my mom yeah. actually played ringette. Okay. And it, I tried it and it just wasn't for me. I didn't understand the concept of like you had to keep your stick up in the air because that's obviously with hockey Opposite. you don't want to have. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know all the rules. I just know that it's, it's you confusing. Gotta, you got a stick without a blade on the end of it and you're and trying a ring. to... And a ring. But then there's certain places you have to go back to before you can go forward. I don't know. It was super confusing. I I was going to say something negative about it because it seems kind of patronizing. Like, (laughs) you know, when girls were younger, like, like you can't play basketball. We can, you can play this little ringette thing. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's how it was in Minnesota before girls hockey came too. Which is the opposite philosophy of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It's empowering. Kind of the podcast is to empower women, to sell hard, just the way the boys do. And obviously, and be proud to be good. Yeah. yeah. And be, Mm -hmm. be, be into it and 
Don't hold back. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, and then uh, I just, I'm curious because I've played with a lot of Canadians and I'm just kind of focusing more on the goaltending aspect, but hockey in Canada versus USA, like how is it different from a, you know, player goalie situation as far as growing up? Like, did you have to travel a lot? Cause in Minnesota, the kids don't have to really travel, mm-hmm. um, but just the commitment and the sacrifice that you and your family maybe had to make. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned a little bit when I was younger that there wasn't a lot of opportunities for girls hockey players. And when I switched back from boys to girls hockey in order to play at a high level, I actually had to drive two hours to Ottawa to practice. And sometimes we were having practices at 930 at night. So I'd get <laughs> off the ice at 1030 and then there's another two hour drive back. And I'm really grateful for my parents' support and they wanted to give me the best opportunities that I could at the time. Uh, in order to play at a high level and the sacrifices that they made to allow me to do that is something I'm really thankful for. But looking back, even in my hometown now, they have a high level girls hockey team that plays in the same league that I used to have to drive two hours in order to play for. And it just shows the growth of women's hockey and, and what can happen when girls are given opportunities to train and get better. And I coach alongside Winnie and, and do her goalies for her. And just the other day we were talking about the the release of some of the girls coming up, just how fast they can get shots off. Right. And like, I don't envy the goalies playing high school hockey today for girls that, that shots are coming in that are just absolutely incredible. And I know that if I grew up in Minnesota today, I wouldn't be playing boys hockey. I'd definitely be playing girls hockey. And it's it's so cool to see the development happen in a relatively short mm-hmm. amount of time. Kind of in your adult lifetime or yeah. in your career. Yeah, and we it. both played with the boys, which is great. And But we both played in a time where you had to play with the boys. Yeah. And, you know, I was a soccer player. So she's, I played girls soccer, girls golf, everything else. And, and I think in my childhood, I think that's why I played so long and maybe you can agree, but the first, you know, 10, 15 years of my career, I missed out on the fun social parts of hockey. So from what <laughs> right? age, so like what, I didn't what have age to what age? You're talking the like sleepovers or the parties or so from 12 to 25. Is that what oh, you're talking about? From four or? until okay. 18. Right. Okay. So which okay. is your biggest right. probably time with your peers. Right. Yeah. I missed all that. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe that's why. I end up playing so long because the locker room's so fun, you know, and, and I'm not say, taking anything away from playing with the boys. It's just a different experience. That's all. So in the summer, your social life didn't pick up. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even play really hockey in the no, summer. No, I know, I but, you, figure you skated. Have, but you could have sleepovers. Right. Yeah. You, you can have like other things that, or like <laughs> go swimming, you know, in the yeah. pools, whatever. Like just it's just, it's how different. Much of your social life you really lost. <laughs> no, I didn't. Cause I was with my soccer buddies. Uh, right. No, it's good. It's good. No, there's so. a, there's a point there. I, the common denominator I'm seeing, is that you both had crazy hockey dads. Yeah, that? pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is, that is. Which you, you turned out fine. Mm-hmm. You turned yeah. out fine. Actually turned out competitive and have had amazing careers, both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there, so after that, is there another phase that, how did, you know, let's, let's jump to how you got to the University of Minnesota from playing in Kingston or is that where you were right in Kingston yeah. yeah so when I was playing boys hockey there wasn't a lot of interest in me as a goalie I was relatively unknown and my dad and I had this goal that I was eventually one day and it it never happened which is okay there's new goals that came along the road that mm-hmm. I would make the Olympic team and there was some steps that went into that obviously you can't just jump from playing high school hockey play in the Olympics there's a lot of steps to go through that and one of them was playing on the U18 team And there was a rule in Ontario that you had to play girls hockey in order to try out for a team Ontario team. So that on the women's side. On the women's side. Is that provincials? Yes. Right. Okay. So that was my direction of Canada versus US. Yeah. So it'd be like our states. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in order to try out, you would have to play girls hockey. So I switched to play girls hockey, had the opportunity to try out for Team Ontario. Uh, made Team Ontario red, got to compete in nationals, which was an incredible experience. And then I got an invite to Team Canada's U18 team. Uh, Unfortunately, I did not make the team, but looking back on it, I'm really grateful that I had that experience. I had any team that I had tried out for girls or boys. 
up until that point, I had always made the team. And I feel like you need to experience what it's like to not be good enough to make a team. Diversity so that and, yeah. e exactly, especially as a goaltender, because there's so many different elements that go into a game, especially the mental side is so important. Uh, and then from that opportunity, uh, I got scouted quite a bit and ended up landing a spot at the University of Minnesota, which I cherish till this day. And Winnie also played uh, a few years earlier than I did, but the the Gophers have such uh, an incredible, long, rich history uh, of mm -hmm. having um, uh, such high standards, both on the ice and off the ice. And I truly enjoyed all my time there. So we have, we have that in common. We're all former Gophers. Yeah. We also all wanted to play in the Olympics. In yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I got really close. Yeah. You got close. Yeah, I got close. Nah, I she got close. close. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You're still playing. Still True. winning championships. So while we're still talking about it, you, you you touched on an important thing, which is the mental side of the game, which is so important. I mean, it's arguably, I mean, it, you always have to train, right? And be in shape and get stronger as you develop. But I, I think it's fair to say that certainly most parents don't realize the importance of the mental side of the game and they you can't be in your kid's head but um and then typically and it's how people deal with pressure right there's people that that's why pressure, the people that win can play right. under pressure well either pressure or adversity yeah right and maybe pressure is something of the adversity but anyway so maybe what did that teach you when you didn't make the cut well, it was really hard. Yeah, exactly. And I had gone into camp with expectations that I was going to make the team because that had been something that fortunately for me had just lined up and I was kind of blindsided by it. And they provided a ton of feedback on stuff that I could improve on. And at the time, I wasn't mature enough to look at it and accept it for what it was. I kind of pushed it off to the side, but yeah. I had a lot of people in the background that were supporting me and helping me through that time and to recognize that there's a lot that I can still achieve. And right. even though you don't make a certain team doesn't mean that your whole career is over. over. There's so much more. And the lessons that you learn along the way is what's going to help mold you into a player that could be successful at that level. And regardless of if you make it or not, the lessons learned along the way are going to serve you on the ice, off the ice in your future career. And I'm now kind of flipping sides to the, the coaching side. I'm working with kids who are going through the same thing, who aren't making the team that they want. And knowing that I play professional hockey and I was cut from multiple teams growing up and I was able to end up in a spot that I really enjoy shows them that it, it's okay. Like you can learn and, and you can continue to grow and there's a lot of time between now to where you want to go. And it's, it's a staircase and you got to step it one at a time. You can't just jump everything. And, uh, I'm just, again, really grateful for all the support that I had behind the scenes to help put me on the right path and mm -hmm. to use everything that I was being told that I wasn't good enough to make that team in a way to get better on the ice. Yeah. Well, you hit a heart string there with me. What's wrong? Just listening to her. Just, it's like what you learn from, your goals that you don't achieve, yeah. you're almost there. It's almost like therapy to help other kids right. go through that because you know you can relate to them yeah, and you, help them, right? It's because it's it's, it's perspective, it's experience. Wisdom. And sometimes the players that get exactly what they want their whole career don't know how to deal because it just happens, right? right? right. And, and, it's, and you forget about the times because most of the time in your career you're failing <laughs> and you got to accept that and... You know, and you do a great job with kids helping them and, <clears throat> and they respect you and, you know, they love you as a player just as much, right? Whether you're an Olympic goalie or not an Olympic goalie. And that's the, that's the takeaway that I get from. Yeah, I know yeah. it's all three of us came back from, from trying out for an Olympic team or a national team. And you feel like you're a little, um, well, you feel almost a little embarrassed at like you're coming back home, having not gotten it done. Like you maybe let some people down because they were so excited for you, whether mm -hmm. it's your family or friends and t teammates and whatever. But uh, yeah, then you but you process it and go through it, and then you still have to if you still want to play and you're still passionate. At some point, you got to get back on that horse because right, that's what you're in control of, right? Is and to how you and you like she adjust said adjust to it. Like like Lev said, you still have a future, and you just have to 
get back on track for that future. But what yep. was some of the feedback that at first you didn't accept? Uh, well, a lot of it. For the goalies out there, this might be helpful for goalie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. players or parents. So the biggest, uh, the weight room, the weight room. Kidding. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> yeah. That besides that, yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm sure that was on there though. <laughs> you know, Wayne Gretzky said, never guessing. saw a dumbbell score a goal. Right. So. Yep. I know. Yep. Uh, kind of going along with that was yeah. just being stronger off the ice, which would allow me to be more fluent in, in my movements and be more precise. Uh, a lot of times if you're not strong off the ice, when, especially as a goalie, you end up sliding kind of all over the place and you're not controlled because you don't have the muscles to support, uh, the foundation that you're using. And that was something that they had mentioned. And I did go into the gym and try to get stronger. It doesn't look <laughs> like it, but <laughs> That's good. You tried, but being precise and, and being able to like, what, like kind of hold your positions and lock into them quicker, Essentially, square up quicker. Yeah, for sure. Like the whole goal of a goaltender is to fill as much space as possible in the net. So the puck hits you regardless of if you're reacting to it or it's just hitting you. Positioning is the foundation of that. And the stronger you are, the more precise you can be with your movements. So off ice plays a big role on on ice development. So goalies out there, don't skip, uh, <laughs> don't skip off ice. <laughs> and then, and then the mental side of it, right? How did you use that, those adversities in the future to keep forging ahead and play in four national championships, win three of them, and then two, two, uh, professional championships? Well, the one thing I feel about hockey that's pretty consistent is it's, there's a lot of ups, but there's also a lot of downs during that journey and my freshman year at the U of M I played in three games I sat on the bench and again I kind of had this expectation going in that I was gonna maybe not come in as the starter but work my way up to that during healthy the year. healthy ego right not Confident. yeah no that's fine yeah. it's good. It's, uh, hey, and then yeah, it's I was with um Nora Ratu who's regarded as one of the best female hockey goaltenders in the world and as tough as that season was to sit on the bench I learned so much from watching her and again I had to deal with that I'm not getting what I want I'm not getting these opportunities to play I'm just sitting on the bench watching another goalie be in the position that I want to be so I felt like as I was going to go into college things were going to go well right away and and that wasn't the case and that's kind of the way it is in hockey i feel like for a player or a goalie there's so many elements in the game that are are frustrating you miss a pass or you give up a bad goal you have to find a way to redirect that frustration in a way that's going to benefit you and the team uh so i learned that season uh, that kind of off the ice the mental side of recognizing that I'm not just a hockey player, I'm a person in general. And when I was able to separate that I'm not just a hockey player, that I have value outside of hockey, I felt mm -hmm. like things became a lot easier on the ice. It was something that I was doing. It wasn't just completely who I was. And, and that having, I guess, that mental uh, toughness, toughness or strength to recognize that if things go wrong, it, it's okay. Just control what you can and, and get ready for the next shift. And that's kind of been my career in general has been a lot of roller coaster of a ride of emotions and just trying not to get too high or too low, just staying right in the middle. Right in the is, middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell people. I go, when you make teams, don't get too high. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, I've been reading, a, I've been reading the a next couple, time it can go way low. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading a couple of books by this uh, sort of a sports uh, mental guy. It's called, um, it takes what it takes is one of them. And then getting back to neutral and his whole philosophy is that, you know, just being positive all the time, even in a bad situation is unrealistic because things might not be very good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have blown out your knee and you're like, well, I'm just going to stay positive and right. you know, work through this. And it's like, no, but no, cause it's terrible. Right. Yeah. It's a bad thing. And mm -hmm. the best way to deal with it is to, is to, but if you go negative, that can really, that's bad a hundred percent of the time, yeah. always bad to be super negative. Yep. So he, he's got this philosophy of getting to neutral, which is not being phony is positive dealing with it. And then when you're neutral thinking, it. you can accept it and deal with what do and I move do? On what do I do next to what's, get better? What's, yeah. What's my next best move or what do I have to do to get better or get back on track or yep. whatever it well, is. And speaking of that, so neutral, she's had injuries the last couple of years, right? With, you know, with the collarbone, which is yeah, so get, painful. That's why I would never play goalie because just the thought of the puck hitting your collarbone, which I've told her for years, I'm like, 
Lev, just get one of those shirts that like has protects the extra you. Yeah, that yeah, has but, you don't a, like but it. you won't do it. Yeah. You don't like it? I will be doing it yeah. this year for sure. <laughs> I've I've learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> don't ignore it. Yeah, exactly. Go accept it and know that people because I mean you watch people shoot now, everyone just shoots high. I mean, it's well, because it's either goalies, going in the net or yeah, the goalies are they butterfly go down and they're going down on almost yep. every shot. So I would, I would tell my skaters and forwards, mm -hmm. shoot, shoot high, high. Mm -hmm. whiz it past their ear. Yeah. Right, right by their head, <laughs> which love, which love loves that practice, oh, by the way. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, yeah she gets mad. That. Well, yeah, don't, you can't do that in the NHL pretty much. I mean, right. That's yeah. The goalies will. Attack you. They'll helicopter yep. their stick back at you. Yep, right? nope, that's, yeah. Or that's, yeah. seat left. Now you're, it's okay to do that. <laughs> or shoot pucks. <laughs> Tom Barrasso in Pittsburgh yeah. used to shoot pucks back. If he didn't, if it was above his yep. knees or the top of his pads. See, so you're a normal goalie. Yeah, okay. See? Yeah, I like we're, this. We're yeah, you're liking this. <laughs> yep, That'll be our you. next topic. We'll get into goalies and, and yeah. boys versus oh, girls. Oh, yep. And, and her, if they're weird or not. But if I, she has a. So I want to do a quick read here. Superstitions. Um, kind of mid mid show here so i get it out of the way but uh one of the the new sponsors is heady heady bags heady packs i think they're called brett hedekin uh i'm a current customer i've i've ordered my heady pack and uh i'm gonna read what uh what it says for the heady pack and when you look back on life there's just a few key moments that people will eventually become the heady pack is built to commemorate celebrate and collect these moments so you can take them with you the Heady Pack is not your average backpack. It's a lot more. Choose from a variety of stylish, durable Heady Packs, best fit your lifestyle. Each one disregard or each one is designed with Velcro, and you can showcase patches from the sig signature moments of your memories in your life. You know they make a great gift too. I, I could see that. Um, so there's these backpacks, and you can order custom patches, or you can order patches they've pre-made that they've covered a lot of categories and a lot of sports and music and things like that. And I would, I would recommend that, uh, you know, people think about this as a gift for a student or a player. Cause you know, players all wear these backpacks into the, into the rink these days too. Um, so you got to check out the Heady pack. Um, the website is headygear.com. That's H E D I G E A R.com and explore the Heady packs. Highly recommend those. So let's, we'll wait and let's talk about goalies. Yeah, goalies. So, uh, Lev, any superstitions or any things that you need to do in your warm up? Do you need to get, do you drink coffee? No, I don't, I don't think drink she does, which all. is very, it's very strange. odd for a hockey player. Strange. Yeah. yeah. Especially, and a coach because so when you're always freezing. But when you're hydrated and carrying around whatever you carry around, what do you drink then if it's not coffee? You don't even drink water though, do you? I drink occasionally. A little bit. Okay, when I remember. <laughs> she doesn't train. She doesn't drink water. <laughs> think how good you could have been. I know. <laughs> think how strong you. But would know have what she is the best at? I I know what you're gonna say. No, she is the best at saving money. Oh. <laughs> I, I right? was, well, she does not pucks? spend She's money either. Like if she, yeah, yeah, that's true too. But like saving money. She's frugal. Oh, beyond. Yeah, yeah beyond. Has her first beyond. Time. Yep. Yeah. Like beyond. how do you like when she goes to the grocery store? I mean, it's. I wish she was my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I go to our grocery store, so what's your key? Yep. I'll just look at all the prices and I'll like calculate like how much it is per ounce. <laughs> That's okay. Right. No, this I know is great. Why. Yeah, I need to learn how to do this. Well, but you're you're competitive too, but yeah, it's a competitive, competitive thing. It might be. I think yeah. you oh, are it like, probably is. It yeah. probably because is. It probably makes you mad that you're not going to spend that much money if yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, competing against the store. Yep. Like and the brands. They're not in the brands. They're not going to rip me off. Yeah. I'm going to figure out. It's like I kind of sometimes think that way too. Almost <laughs> everything you go into, you're like, okay, what's the yeah, what's the catch what's here? What's the catch here? Uh -huh. The competition, the angle. How am I? Like, you got to win. Yeah. Yep. You know? Well, she wins. Yes, yeah, I do. I, yep, I win I, in that, yep. that maybe the one aspect. When you, when you go out for dinner with your husband, do, do you have to? <laughs> no, this do, is unreal. Do you have yeah. to win the order? Because like sometimes you can win the order too. Like who ordered better? Uh, you know, I'll look at the price tag. I won't even look at the pictures. I'm looking to see like so what's, the what's the cheapest. What's the cheapest? So then it becomes. A kid's I got, meal. I got a better for the price I paid. 
I got a better meal than you. Exactly. You, you paid more and your meal sucked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and I paid less. I win. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I get to try different things too, because there's always a different sale going on, especially with apples. I like to eat apples and like whichever one is the cheapest <laughs> in the store, I'll just gravitate to that and I'll grab those. So I could, I've tried probably every apple in the store. <laughs> I don't know if everybody can say they've done that. Try no, the cheap no. apples. <laughs> cheap apples. They taste the same. They're all the same. You know, the U of M... Uh, invented, I think, the Honeycrisp apple. Yeah, they did. Like the number yep. one popular Crisp, apple yep. in the world is yep. by our alma mater. Mm-hmm. Go, go. That is a fun fact. What else at the store? What, a, <laughs> what else at the grocery store is a good price? A good that price? you buy. Uh, well, you know, if I'm being honest, I haven't really gone to the grocery store in quite a while to to get stuff. My husband's kind of picked up that task because uh-huh. he's just a little fed up with me. It's hard for him. <laughs> It's hard for us to go grocery shopping together because he'll put something in the cart and I'll just take it right take out, it out yeah. put it back we on the shelf. We don't need that? Yeah, we don't need that. Why do well, we need that? Why do we need it? It's too much. <laughs> yeah. I think you seem to have a, a high degree of self-awareness. You're like, my husband is done putting up with me. Like you're aware yeah. that and, okay and, and just it. everything's comments so far, and which I think is a huge quality for hockey players because you recognize you your role, to, your role. Yeah. Your weaknesses, your strengths, what you need to work on, or when you're getting away from something. And I, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many people are are not self aware. Are not very yes, self aware. Yep. And I'm not just talking socially. Like there's some people you're like that dude yeah. has no <laughs> just self, in general. Just is like socially, you know, out of bounds. But yep. I'm just talking about like kind of about who you are and what your strengths are and what they're not, and you know whether that means partnering up with someone that is the opposite. Opposite whatever things like that so i mean so you've seen that observation not by her necessarily oh yeah michael her husband's probably the opposite (laughs) but in (laughs) hockey right you've known people that didn't have good self-awareness and they probably didn't develop as well as they should have and too many and too many times i think in athletes it doesn't matter what sport but a lot of people always just try to focus on their weaknesses too which you're not going to make your weaknesses as good as someone that's really good at something. So you might as well recognize what you're really good at that's the and build on that, right? I mean, of, it's... Yeah. A lot of people say, go with your strengths. Don't yes. Because you know. I know as an athlete, and Lev isn't very big either, people would always say, hey, get bigger, get stronger. And I'm like, there's only yeah. so big I can get. And then if I get so big, I can't move. And then my whole game is being able to move right. <laughs> quickly. So it's... It's a right. give and then take, you lose, right? You lose your quickness. And then you lose, lose your lose quickness and you lose a step. And it's so yeah. you're focusing on, you know, someone that's 210 pounds. Like I could lift till I was right every day for seven hours and I'm not going to be as strong. And they don't have to lift a weight. So, yeah. And you could lose maybe some hands. I don't know. Right, for yeah. goalies, well, how does that translate for you if you got gained, you know, 10 or 15 pounds of muscle. I, I don't even know if you would notice if I put on 10 <laughs> pounds, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, but uh, like Winnie was saying, smaller players, we have to play, or at least for goalies, we have to play a different style of a game. We can't yep. rely on our size to be our foundation. Our speed and getting into a new angle is what we rely on. So I don't, like you were saying, I don't know how much that would benefit me to just completely bulk up. I might be a little bit wider, but it's not going to change right. how tall I am. And it might actually slow me down, which could prevent me from getting across the crease. So I guess everybody has to know, like, what their style of game is. And as Winnie said, just build on that so that you create the best player that you can be, not mm-hmm. the best player that someone you... else wants you to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your philosophy on um, coming out and playing in the top of your crease to cut off the angle? Or then the other philosophy would be to play deep and you get that extra like two and a half feet or whatever it is of, to track the puck and, and move into it. What, how, what's your game? I, I play very far out of my net. I want to make the net look as small as I can. Okay. I feel like from a player's perspective, and you guys could probably touch on this too, if a goalie is deeper in the net, you'll see a lot more of the net. And I feel like it's easier if you see something to hit it than if you see a tiny little postage area in yeah. the corner of the net to hit that. I feel like you're more likely to miss the net. And for somebody who's my size, I look small when somebody's coming down and uh, if if anybody who's watched any games, a lot of times players will come in and they'll actually sail it well over the net. 
because you're cutting off the trajectory of the puck the farther out you play. But there's a downside to that. If you're farther out, you have to move a lot laterally to keep up with the play. So if you're a bigger goalie, I would recommend probably staying a little bit deeper in your crease because you don't have to make up that extra uh, size that someone my size would have to by coming out. If you're bigger, you can play deeper and you can find the middle of the net and you probably still are covering as much space as I am if I'm a little bit farther out. So finding the middle is important. Yes, right. Most people, and even on back doors, if you look at it, a lot of people hit the middle bar or they hit the far side of the net. It's not the near side of the net, especially if pucks are going from the dot and down because your net is actually covered by the, the near side's actually covered. So finding the middle of the net and positioning is so important as a goalie in every aspect of the game, whether you're big, small. Yeah. And I think also what is forgotten is just like skaters goalies anticipation right because they're out there playing the game as well so when you're smaller my guess is you can make up for a lot of stuff with your hockey iq being smart yeah. <laughs> just being smart like on two-on-ones anticipating or just reading it right reading the game what is that player going to do and i think there's players that are probably better practice goalies because they're just technically sound mm -hmm. but then when you add the game element and they got to read the play mm -hmm. tracking the puck where is that what is that player going to do here like does this kid always shoot high? Does this kid, you know, go a five hole? And it's mm -hmm. being able to do that. And I think Lev is phenomenal at just reading the game. Yeah. Yeah. And we off camera before we started, you were talking a little bit about practice and how it's kind of a different mindset. And you made one comment about like, if you're doing a drill where it's the players and shots keep coming, you can't, you know, highly Follow focus. Yeah. We can't focus on every single rebound and things like that. I, I didn't, pick up on it if you think that's bad or good or just doesn't matter. I think it's a balance of the two. If you're getting a lot of shots and high repetition, it's good for the stamina and it's good to create that athleticism that's needed. If you look at goaltenders who are successful, they have three things are mentally strong. Uh, they're athletic when they need to be, and they have a strong technical foundation. And in practice, there's so many opportunities to work on all of them. And when you're getting three or four shots at the same time, athleticism comes into play. But also, as when you touched up on reading the play and, and reacting to situations is one of the most important things that you can do as a goalie. Uh, and if you don't have time to follow out your rebounds or watch uh, the rebound come off your pad and decide whether or not you have enough time to get up to your feet or slide, that can kind of play into uh, a fact, the mental side of it too. Like you make a save and that same player comes in and puts the rebound in while you have another person <laughs> shooting. It just, like for me, I hate when the puck goes in the net. So <laughs> yeah. that just sends me, it makes me go crazy. Uh, and then that happens over and over and over and over again in a practice. So, I mean, there's benefits that can be pulled out of it, but then there's also that mindset too that kind of creeps in. Oh, I can't follow my rebounds. I'm not getting the most out of this drill that I can. Which is actually a little distracting it's so when you're distracting. trying to, when you're in a drill. Yeah. You've got all these thoughts going on. People don't realize how many thoughts sometimes a player would have. And I don't usually think like a goalie would It would think, drive me but, crazy to have pucks in the back of the net. Like even as a coach, okay. I'm like, get those pucks out of your net, goalies. Like I don't want like them in the net just sitting well, I, there. I, so I'm like, I always, if they scored on me, I'd be knocking that thing out. <laughs> I, I always have to tell this story when I'm talking to goalies or what we're talking about exactly right now. Because... I don't mean to make it about me, but I played with Patrick Waugh in Montreal and I played with Marty Brodeur in New Jersey and neither one of those guys would let the puck stay in the net. Like, yeah, see, that would be me. And, and by the way, when, when I scored on him, I was thrilled. Yeah, and I'd be the player putting it in the net. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just right there, I tell players, I go, the puck is right there. Just yeah. poke, check it poke in. It in. Well, just put these it in guys, the I don't know, as soon as there was a little either break in the, in the drill or when the drill was over, granted, they weren't letting a lot of, sh I'm sure if they were sitting there, they'd be like, hey, TC, you weren't shooting many pucks in the net anyway, or I wasn't letting, they wouldn't say that they let in many pucks anyway, but if there were two or three after a drill, before the next, I mean, right when the whistle blew, they'd turn around and get them Knock out of there. On. Oh yeah. And if you weren't looking, you would think that they didn't let any in. Yeah. Right. But yeah. They didn't like that either. So. Oh, that's the whole you got competitiveness. That in yeah. them, <laughs> that's good. Which is cool. Yeah. And then back to the mindset. See, I think there's, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, there's practice players and this is, you know, universal. And then there's gamers. And I think for really, really competitive people, it's, it's a mindset when the game 
comes on. Cause I know when I'm a coach and there's kids, you're like, oh, they're just not good at practice, but it might be the element of, they don't understand the drill, right? It's confusing. So then they're not going to go full speed because they really don't know what they're doing. So how do you go fast? If you're kind of hesitant, like, oh, am I supposed to pass it here? Am I getting it back? Like what is going on? And ironically, those are the people that are really good when the puck is dropped to play a game because they don't have to think they just go and it's anticipation <laughs> and they're dumb, but yeah, but they, but they don't have to think they're, they're right. not, they're just playing. They're just playing and they're competitive and, and, they and go hockey hard. is just very proactive yeah. and it's read and react. And, would, and so for goalies, yeah. I, I think, cause I've known Olympic goalies, national level goalies and some of my really good friends. And I'm like, how are you guys so bad at practice? And then you go win like world championships, Olympic golds. And I'm like, and they're like, because it's, I think it's the aspect of they're dialed. And once that brain is dialed in, there's only one puck. And, you know, that's the one puck they have to focus on. Mm-hmm. So, And maybe goalies have to pace pace themselves a little bit, yeah. both mentally and physically. Because, you know, you're going to get into the game. Oh, because it's exhausting at a practice, right? You're getting tons of but shots, you, which mm-hmm. is great because it is the stamina. You need mm-hmm. to be able to... <laughs> But if you're a starter, you know you're going to start and play three periods, and it's going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe in practice you have to. Right. Kind of that would be smart. I'm not that way. I want but to take all the shots. I know. Yeah. But then the other thing is, I think it's really. I've always seen where there's two goalies on a high school team, like high level at Division One goalies. Those goalies end up being the best because they have competition every day of practice. Right. Like, who wants to lose a three on three game? And yeah. your teammates are like, I want this goalie. I want, you know, like be not. It's competitive. Right in front of them. But they're like, oh, we, we're, we're picking this net. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like back in the pond hockey where you're like. You want the okay, better. I'm taking, yeah. <laughs> taking the good kid. I'm taking this kid, you know. Um, and so it's that that aspect that you got to kind of think about too. So are goalies weird in, in the girls side too? Or, or I shouldn't say all goalies because. Marty Bordeaux wasn't that odd, I don't think, but Patrick Wall had some Lev, quirks. Yeah, but, Lev but. is uh, creative, super duper creative. Like she had, when you were playing with the Buffalo Buttes, you had your own, what, Insta page or uh, whatever Instagram page. Yeah, Instagram to, page. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to go look at her Instagram page, it's unbelievable. <laughs> is it Lev is weird? or No, <laughs> Lev is hilarious. <laughs> like you had the, what was it, the Buffalo Police? Uh, a street hockey game come in and put her in the back of the cop car on purpose yeah yeah she had it staged she had it all i thought maybe she laid down and was kicking and screaming and they thought she was having no it's unbelievable what did you do and how did you set that up so kind of to give a backstory of it like (laughs) two weeks earlier i was playing for the buffalo buttes and i was not playing in the game but i was on the bench and we were playing for the isabel cup against uh boston and boston that season had beat us every game like nine nothing it wasn't even close and we lost pretty much every single game that season it was a miracle that we made it to the isabel cup game and brianne mclaughlin who's a former u.s olympic goalie was playing and she made something like 70 saves during that game against boston and was just absolutely lights out so we had the idea that we were gonna uh do some street hockey game and and make a, a crazy looking in their, save. all their hockey gear by the way yeah, yeah. full full hockey full gear, gear. Uh, who else was it who else was those the whole team playing street uh, hockey no just me and the other goalie kelsey <laughs> newman just playing street hockey oh, with each other and then okay. uh one of us made like a diving crazy save and then the sirens came on from the police car and they drove over and arrested us put us in the back of the car and we asked them who put out a warrant for our arrest and the cops went boston <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty creative that's great and then uh she would dress up with your goalie partner yeah and they would go to starbucks in the mall walking around in all their gear in their gear you yeah. were promoting the game, though. Yeah, oh, we for were. Sure. Yeah, it started a lot of interesting conversations with people in the store asking us if we played hockey or what we were doing. And at that time, the the league wasn't quite as well known as it sure. is today. So we started a conversation. We actually had quite a few people that met us in the mall or wherever weird other place <laughs> we were come to our game and be like, "Hey, we saw you in we the mall." In, the mall. Yeah, in your was, equipment. In our equipment. Yeah, we would always wear full gear in our equipment wherever we would go, and it, I guess it built kind of some of that mental toughness to not worry about what people were thinking about you. Cause we did get some very strange <laughs> looks. 
You're getting people to come to the game. Yeah, that's, right. You're that's getting important. fans. That's important for the women's game. I'm going to assume that gear doesn't smell great. Like where people like, oh. Yeah, there is that part too. <laughs> and especially since we'd wear it outside in the sun, there was a couple of times where we'd be playing football or soccer or whatever it was. And the gear is out there. The gear is out there and we're sweating in it and it's oh. it's not pretty. <laughs> Yeah, but there was some others that were. Yeah, glove hand I'm is thinking never when you were at home, didn't you like have a ramp and you did oh, like a skateboard yeah. off of uh, the ramp yeah. into the lake, or what was? It? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've gone down uh, skate ramps in with a uh, the skateboard. I fell off one time. I thought I broke my arm. I went flying on it. So that one wasn't. So, so kids good. don't try that. Yeah, at home. No, I highly recommend not to try it. I also went on a paddleboard. Uh, in my gear, which again was probably not the brightest. If I fell in, I probably would have sunk right down to the bottom. Uh, and then I also went snowboarding one time. My brother is really into snowboarding and in his backyard, he had a huge ramp and he built this, uh, like this slope from the top of his deck all the way down to his probably maybe like a story up. So I went yeah. up there in my gear and went down. I was trying to do a 180. I think it's maybe a 360. <laughs> 360 I was trying to do a 360. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to do a 360. I, I kind of landed it, not really. So does this footage still exist? Uh, well, is it live? Yes, is the Insta page somewhere. still there? Yep. It's still there. I was thinking about maybe starting Start it, it up, up again. Know, yeah. So what is Absolutely. it? What's the page? She was five years too early. No, it's, what's the page called? Or how do we? Uh, I think uh, it's Mandy underscore Levier 29, I think. Okay. We're going to yeah. have to dig oh, some yeah. of that up. Uh-huh. Because that'll be good promo material. Oh, yeah. It's like four or five unbelievable skits that she did. <laughs> and then it was really cool when she first started uh, coaching at OS Hockey. Uh, you would take some of the high school kids. Oh, you yeah. Know, you'd have like, you know, <laughs> some kids and, you know, they would go and have coffee in their gear. And oh, walk do, around. did the yeah, same thing, yeah. kind of. Yeah. And the kids just, loved it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's, yeah. that's, that's how you grow the game. I mean, that's how that you is, get people That is involved how you grow the game. It's, it's kids really like it. And, so maybe another sort of helpful informational kind of like stuff. bringing the Michigan back. Like every little kid is doing, doing the, the Michigan, Michigan now, boy yeah. and girl. Oh yeah, and it's like that happened twenty five years ago. Oh, so <laughs> now, now she's going to bring hitting, back bring yeah. back the go to the mall in your yep. gear. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you find most of your students um, that they really need to work on the most? Thing. And you're coaching them. Well, like like we mentioned before, the whole goal of a goalie is to fill as much space as possible. So every student is going to have a different body frame, a different skill set of their movement. But positioning at the end of the day, if you're not a strong skater, having good position uh, and getting into the right spot is going to allow you to create a bigger surface area for the puck to hit. But every goalie is different. I think at least at the higher levels, one of the most important skills is the ability to read the game and to understand what's going on. So as we call it, when we're on the ice, head flips or head checks just to see where players are, to determine what hand they are, uh, depending on where they're coming in and what side they are. It's an easy one-timer if it's not. And if you're able to recognize that and just find the middle of the net, you have a better chance of the puck hitting you. But it's it highly depends on on who the goalie is. Obviously, skating is the foundation of goaltending. So at the younger ages, becoming a strong skater. And a lot of that can be achieved through doing player drills and just learning how to be strong on your edges. So if you're a better skater, it's a lot easier to learn the technical side of the goalie game if you have that strong skating foundation underneath you. Yeah, people usually say that your goalie should be your best skater. And what age do you think a kid should start full-time goalie? Because I think kids, boys or girls, they should be skating out or, you know, doing even some summer stuff or off-season stuff with just their player stuff on, Mm -hmm. you know, developing their hands, developing their passing uh, strength and just playing the game, understanding the game. Absolutely. I think everybody should, you should never start as just a goalie because you, you're confined to such a small space. And especially in practice, you don't get all the opportunities that players do to skate all over the ice before they shoot. You're just confined to that six foot area. So the more that they can play as a skater and learn how to skate with a player skate, which is very different than a goalie skate. Goalie skates are very flat. Player skate is more rounded, so you learn how to balance on your edges, and all of that can translate into the net. You just don't get as many opportunities when you're just solely, sole, solely being a goalie. 
uh, to, to learn how to skate and to develop that strong foundation. Yeah. Speaking of skates, cause they are different, um, sharpening wise, do you have to sharpen them less or do goalies now well, use sharp skates? They hit the post a lot, right? <laughs> they they yeah. do. As, again, that kind of depends on the goalie. Some goalies need really sharp skates and able, and able to navigate around the crease. Others like their skates to be a little bit more dull. I like my skates to be pretty dull. Uh, and I move a ton in the net. So the sharper your skate is, the harder you're going to have to generate to power. Okay. Right? So it, it So a bigger goalie age. might want sharper skates and a smaller goalie might want dull skates. Yeah. It's good to know. That's kind of similar with, with forward skaters too and defensemen. I mean, like rockers, right? For yeah. D. Like, you, well, like you're, um, why am I blanking As a D, on? I wanted to be more on my toes. Yeah. Well, you're, you're the rocker, starts, yeah. right? But then depending on how sharp you want them or what the ice conditions are, I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're big, like bigger and heavier, you don't need them as sharp, right? Cause mm-hmm. you're going to create more uh, resistance and you lose some, lose some of that glide and things like that. So. Um, yeah. Uh, what else did you have? Um, what's, uh, one of your fondest hockey memories as a player? Like, is there a game that stands out? Is there, um, a funny situation? She's won a lot of championships. I know. Like mine was always throwing Coach Hollerson in the pool. At was one that of our out of town? <laughs> was that just a weekend regular weekend? Huh? You yeah, just, probably. Yeah, back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just you were on a road so trip and you threw that, her, threw huh? in the pool. Let's maybe yeah, we, we can hear about have, that. Yeah, that was, yeah. You don't really remember what the deal was. Um, we had prior reason. I think we won maybe the <laughs> league championship. Okay. <laughs> so you know, you just randomly back at what the else but, but this was back at the hotel. Doing, it wasn't yeah. like right after the game. So but, you yeah. guys. Drew it up and yeah, we probably drew up and executed the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, love. Is there anything? Uh, just picking or... just one memory. I mean, I've been just so numerous. You've I've, had so many. Yeah, right? I've been so fortunate to play on some pretty incredible teams, and I've been part of championship teams that have not only had players that are extremely talented, but also amazing individuals off the ice. Uh, every single championship that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of there's something so rewarding about when the game is done and just seeing your teammates so excited and celebrating because everybody thinks championships are just one in one day but it's a whole season of effort and a team coming together and recognizing where they fit into the team whether that's being the goal scorer or somebody who doesn't get quite as many shifts and is more of a cheerleader Every player on the team is important and teams that are successful, everybody buys into that role. So just seeing everybody, uh, like the whole season come together at the end and and a win is just so special. And to go off of that, I think my favorite memory is winning the Isabel Cup at Tria Rink. That season was the first year that the Whitecaps had been part of the PHF, which was formerly known as NWHL, and every single game was sold out. And the environment there was just incredible. And uh, that season, I had the opportunity to play with Winnie and Brooke. And those are players who are so influential in the women's game and who really helped pave the way for players like myself and myself and other players that are coming up. So just being able to to celebrate that with them and, and seeing how they reacted to that moment was just really cool. And the coaching staff as well. And, uh, the Whitecaps have empowered women since 2004. And not only did we have female coaches, uh, on the bench, but also the entire medical staff was all female, Uh which is, did not know that, which is incredible because there are fans in the stands that aren't, maybe aren't going to want to play for the Whitecaps. Maybe they want to take the medical route and they just can see, that there are opportunities for them in sports and, and just being part of that team and, and that environment was just really special. So I, I gotta say that's probably my, my favorite one. Yeah. Winning championships is a, is an amazing thing. And yeah. for and you in to front recognize of a full crowd is even more. <clears throat> well, and she, you know, she said different players have different roles. Um, there are different phases of their career and to pull it all together is a lifetime achievement. Yep. And that whole thing was, yeah, pretty special for uh, the state of Minnesota, especially to see how far, you know, girls hockey has come from 1995 when it first started in high school and to, you know, 
to see these girls get these salaries now that they can graduate and they can just focus on <laughs> hockey is unbelievable and great. And uh, we just got to keep pushing forward for the next generation. So it's even better. Yeah. Do your read real quick. Sully Hard sponsored by Unreal. We have a new sponsor. It's a Minnesota brand and one of the fastest growing and most exciting clothing brands on the planet, Unreal. You'll see professional players. You'll see uh, youth players, high school players. Myself, I'm an Unreal owner of a bunch of stuff, and it's the greatest stuff that keeps you warm on. in the rink. And you, you have, have yours on. on. I forgot right to put mine on. I got I'm my terrible. pull tab sports one on, even if it is 89 degrees outside. Still love it. Uh, Unreal is an independent clothing brand crafted around the athlete. What that means is they're not owned by the big conglomerates. They weren't split out by the algorithm and they aren't VC backed. <laughs> uh, Unreal makes clothing for athletes. Like I was saying, a bunch of my OS hockey athletes um, purchase this stuff. And, and your staff the high probably. And my staff, yep. Unreal clothing is intelligently engineered to fit the body types of big and tall pros and everyday athletes alike, as I had mentioned. The perfect balance of professionalism and performance you buy one Unreal item, and we promise it will quickly become the go-to garments you'll reach for every day, not just game day. So check out the Unreal for yourself. Visit unreal.com or so. Nope, sorry. Note it's .co, not .com. Not so com. I'm going to say that again. Check out Unreal for yourself. Visit unreal.co okay. and use promo code PULLTAB15 for 15% off of your next order. Great stuff. Get it. Good stuff. Um, okay, well, so you're kind of winding down your professional career, it sounds like. We'll see, right? To be determined. I mean, you're going to play. She's got to win one more. Yeah, She's I don't gotta... know if you're going to play one year or two years, whatever. Um, what do you think the future holds? It's been really exciting to see how much it's grown from just a, a talent level, but also the financial and all the resources that are now available. When I first started playing for the Whitecaps, I was only making $5,000 and now I'm making 13 times that, which when I started playing eight years ago, I could have never even imagined anybody in the league signing for over a hundred K right. and what that allows is just for females to fully invest all of their time into becoming the best athlete that they can for the first, I'd say probably eight years that the league or nine years that the league had existed. Nobody could just rely on that as their sole income. So they'd be working eight hours during the day and then would go to the rink after that tired. And uh, along with being a, a good hockey player, you have to have rest and you have to be able to be mentally in the right position to be able to step on the ice. And that wasn't always the case. So uh, I think it's going to continue to grow in a talent, talent wise, especially since there's not that many teams in the league. I think there's only seven now. And every year there's more and more players that are graduating out of college. And I feel like good. just as we've talked about women's hockey has just grown so much over a short amount of time and the players coming out are unbelievable. And I feel like that's going to continue to go. And there's so many more opportunities now and girls that are, are growing up, they can aspire to not only just play on the Olympic team as that only happens every four years, right? They can aspire to play on a professional team where they can make a livable wage and, and be able to just focus on that. And the more players are able to just focus on being hockey players, the, the better the product is going to be. So I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope I can be a, a small part of it for as long as possible, but I do recognize that I, I'm getting older <laughs> and there are a lot of good goalies out there. But it seems to me like you're great at working with, with goalies and working with players. Will you continue to do that? Oh, absolutely. I, I love hockey, but my favorite part about it is being able to share that with other people. And there's experiences that I've gone through that I know can help uh, goalies coming up. And it's just such an enjoyment to be able to be on the ice with kids and help them achieve their goals and be a small part of their success. And see them, you know, achieve their goals. Like right. what, give us some examples of some players, you know, you've worked players with. that you've you worked mentioned with. Some that, are graduating and some are probably in high school now or in college having success. Talk about some of those. So I think the oldest 
goalies that I've worked with and there's quite a few. So I'll try <laughs> to get as many out as I can. But uh, Alexa Dobchuk, uh, I started working for Winnie at the same time that she was in the program. So she was probably about a sophomore. She just graduated from St. Thomas last year and, and she played quite a few games for them. And she had a lot of shots in the games that she played and had quite a few games where she made well over 40 saves, which was really fun to watch. And now that she's graduated, she's trying to play at the professional level. And I think wherever she lands up, uh, the team would be really lucky to have her. She's not only an incredible goalie who can make some insane saves as Winnie knows she'll just go in the splits and like throw her arm up and it's incredible to watch but she's also one of the nicest people and, and she's also a coach herself and she's going to come coach for OS this summer and and she works so well with the the younger girls and she's in a position that she can inspire them and, and she takes that role on really well I've also worked with Nikki Harnett, who's also played Division One. I. I think she wants to play at the professional level as well. And she has a very similar style to me. So I, I really like the way you that she plays. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. She's, and she was at UNH. She was at UNH, yeah. University four, of New Hampshire, yeah. For four seasons. She's very athletic. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Skylar Vetter, who's on the Gophers, who just had an incredible season, I think. She started almost every single game and had over a 925 save percentage, which is something that's not easy to do. And, and it's fun to watch her have the success that she's had. And she also is coming back and, and taking on that role to help the next generation of goalies by by coaching them. And, and she's someone that all the girls look up to when they see her in her maroon and gold pads. They're just just so excited to have someone of right. her caliber on the ice and, and working with them and two uh, other, and these will be the last two goalies that I talk <laughs> oh, about because I could just go on, <laughs> on yeah. forever is Mara McCain and um, Maggie Gilchrist. They're, I've worked with them for what seems like forever and they've been coaching with me for the past, I think four seasons now. And it's, it's been so fun to see how they've taken on that new role. Both of them are now done with the game and, and they're, they have other careers that they want to do. They want to go into PT school and, and become PTs, but they're also so talented at coaching. They just are able to connect with the goalies and, and help work through whatever issues they have going on the ice. And, and they're really well, well respected. And it's fun to see that there are stages of development from being someone who I've been fortunate enough to coach to now who's coaching um, uh, these younger players coming up. So it's it's very rewarding to see that and, and to see that uh, they're just they're good people, first and foremost. And I feel like as a coach, the relationship is really important that you have with the goalies. They have to trust you and respect you. And those two do such a good job of, of creating a a good relationship with the goalie where there's trust that they can listen to them uh, to to do things that might feel uncomfortable on the ice, but there, there's that trust there so that they can continue you're to change, develop. You're changing their game a little bit, right? It makes, yeah. that's always, it's like a batter changing his stance or something. You, mm -hmm. Goalies yeah. have to trust that and this is going to exactly. be the right thing for me. But, and you also work with, with um, boys goalies too, not just on the female side too, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with both girls and boys. Last season I did Eden Prairie Youth Association and I worked with, I, I forget how many teams they have probably 12 boys teams that I had the opportunity to skate with and all those guys were were awesome they were really respectful and anytime any coaches whether it was a female or a male giving them feedback they just had their eyes right locked on the coach and fully invested in in getting better and I think there's a lot that can be learned from that is there's so many goalie coaches out there who have different experiences and, and listening to people and, and watching YouTube videos just to round out your game. Every goalie is going to be a little bit different. So hearing different voices from coaches goes a long way. Do you think there's an age where, you know, a, a female goalie coach wouldn't or couldn't coach a, a boy coach or a male coach or are we someday we're going to see I would assume someday we're going to see a, a woman goalie coach in the NHL oh yeah for sure right because that's yep that well, seems like a, I a always, role that I always equate it to professors right in college or whatever it is I go you're gonna have females and males 
We've um, got GMs or assistant yeah, GMs, right. and we yeah. got. I mean, it's just obviously a the ceilings been broken, but and there's some female coaches and there's female refs yeah. at at yeah. high and I, levels. Yeah, and I think there's moments in your coaching career, like we all coach, like Lev was saying, because you're making an impact on kids' lives. Like that's why we all, and sometimes we forget that when we're in the grind and we're doing stuff. Um, I know from my personal um, coaching experience, I was this was gosh four years ago. And I was at a double A Bantam practice and it was a skills practice. And so I was one of the only coaches out there running the whole thing with the, the double A Bams and the A Bantams, one of the top teams in the state. And I had to get their attention right away. Right. Cause it's a girl. They've probably never had a girl <laughs> run their practice ever in their whole life. And they're 15 year old boys that are studs and just got them going, got them moving, ran a practice. And I had kind of heard that this kid, this group is like really, really good, but they're kind of, you know, outgoing, really outgoing. I'm like, oh, that's fine. That means they have just had more energy. So just keep them moving more. And so after the practice, almost every kid came up to me and said, thanks coach. That was one of the best practices of our, of the year. And so for me, I was like, this is why I love what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you go out there, there really isn't a difference if you run a good practice or if you no. take charge and you know what you're doing, you, you know, ran, you ran a good practice, yeah. probably better than they were used to. Yeah. And so like, that's where it's you, moments you know like that. Doing, if you know what you're right? doing. Yeah. There you go. And the kids, the kids know, and they will tell you, like, if they thought I was terrible, they would just skate off the ice yeah. <laughs> and been like, whatever. But I thought it was the coolest thing that they were so respectful. I was like, this group isn't, I mean, they're all going, but you can keep them in control. As long as you keep them busy, they're boys. You have to keep them engaged and moving and playing. Cause I go, that's what I grew up with. Yeah. I grew up with all these guys that no, don't sit and talk to them for 10 minutes. Cause yeah, then they're going to get out of control because <laughs> they want to get going. Yeah. Lose, you'll, so, you'll lose them and yeah, they won't pay attention. And yeah. So I think that's what is really cool about coaching though. So. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that too, with co coaching boys and girls, at least for goalies is very different. Cause I feel like the release point from a guy's shot and a girl's shot is is different in the way that you play a game. If you watch the NHL, goalies are down in the butterfly almost all the time, whereas if you watch a college women's hockey game, they're not always down. They're a little bit more patient and on their feet, but boys want to be doing things consistently <laughs> and uh, girls like to know the why behind everything that's going on. So you have to explain it a little bit more, whereas guys, sometimes you got to let them just wrap it out and then walk them through it <laughs> and be like, okay, we're going to slow it down a little bit because of this and show them on videos. But it, it, whether I get to work with a, a guy or a boy goalie, it's, it's just so much fun because every goalie presents a, a different challenges to the way that they play and and kind of working through that with a kid is enjoyable for me. And it's fun to see how they, they can improve. I guess one last thing while I'm thinking about it and then we can kind of wrap up, but um, what advice, and this would be, I would say for, I guess it could be for either boys or girls, but um, advice, you know, mentally for bouncing back from a, a bad game or a bad goal. And maybe it's different for each one, but what do you, what do you tell your students you know, how, what's the strategy or tactic or what do you use? What have you used over the years to bounce back from letting in a, a softy or getting lit up? Or when you know that you had a bad game and you're the reason you lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I've always wanted to know from a goalie's standpoint. I'm like, they probably know... It's usually not the goalie's fault, but occasionally. <laughs> it's always the goalie's uh, fault. Let's be real. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I've had, I've given up terrible goals when he's probably seen me get scored on from the red line quite now a few times. She turned times. it over. <laughs> yeah, I probably turned it over. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's just part of the game. And one thing when I was in college, I was really passionate about playing, but that sometimes got the best of me. So I'd get super frustrated and my stick would go flying and that's not, and Winnie can agree with it. That's not really the way I am anymore. Maturity. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Uh, but the best advice that I got was from the goalie coach on the Gophers. His name was Andy Kent. And he said to me that I needed to put three things in my blocker. And his idea was to put a square, a circle and a triangle 
and those represented being center square and challenging. And those were the only three things that I would focus on after a goal. So I'd get scored on, I'd look in my blocker and I go, okay, these are the three things that I have to do on this next shift. And it would take away from me focusing on that back What goal. had just happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a routine. So it can be the same thing as like we talked about not getting too high or too low. If you make a great save, you don't want to have all like yeah. get all pumped up and then overplay a puck. Right. So it, it works both or, ways. Or let your guard yeah. down. Or yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Anytime you've got other thoughts in your head, like I just made an awesome save, you're not focused on the next shot coming at you. Right. right. So that's, you have to stay locked have to in. Stay locked yeah, in, exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned next shot. That's something that I have a lot of goalies right in their blocker is just like, regardless of if they make a good save or a bad goal, just look at that and focus on the next puck. Cause that's the only one that matters at that point. So center square and challenge challenge was what the, what shape was that? I, honestly, I can't even remember oh, at this point. Square, oh, obviously, square it was square. square. Center, I think, was probably the circle. circle and yeah. challenge was probably the triangle. triangle. Center yeah. meaning center of the net. Yeah, center, center of the net. Okay. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, clarifying. Know, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's new terminology to us. No, or, you know, either I'm not smart enough to know or someone listening, we want them to kind of get understand it. Understand yeah. it. And, and they it. can help their goalies or, you know, yeah. to move on. We from. don't want to give away your, your secrets, but <laughs> no, it sounds no like secrets. goalies. I didn't know goalies have so much uh, in their blocker. Like that's where we have to check it out. That's well, where now kids like right on their sticks and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to put little stuff on Notes my stick or too or yeah. something. See, I wasn't a goal scorer, so I definitely didn't do that. Right. Little, I, I barely tape my stick. Barely. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. I'd always have to have my dad tape my stick because I was superstitious or I'd have to find the leading score on our team and tape my stick. Oh, really? Yep. I bet even if they that. were a terrible, you know, person, if, even if they, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they were like, if they didn't know how to tape a stick, oh. very well, I didn't care. Cause it's just was the leading yeah, score, just the leading score. I just, if my dad couldn't do it, I was like, I'm going to, when, like, well, how, like, did you, I was in college, your dad was taping your stick for the white caps or, um, no, cause I never really taped my stick. <laughs> oh, okay. like I taped it once a year. Maybe. Oh, Lawrence, Lawrence, Megan Lawrence taped my stick every game. Did she? Much, okay. yeah. just lazy. Or Shamel. Yeah. Oh, or I it could be lazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. How many years did you guys play together? Four. Four. No. Four. Yeah. Probably four. Yeah. Four years. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That was fun. Well, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's been educational. I, it was the entertaining part was when we found out about your Insta page. Oh yeah, that's gonna um, be fantastic. We probably we find that. should have spent a little more time on that because <laughs> you're kind of a sleeper when it comes to. Well, we can have her back when she's famous again with her Insta page because I think she was five years too early. Well, we'll help with the TikToks and stuff. She would have oh, just yeah. lit it up. I, well, yep. maybe pull tab will help promote it. I know. Yep, there we go. Pull tap sports We're gonna can promote get you it. Back. Get you. Okay. You need Pass. to monetize that uh -huh. thing, girl. Yeah. You know, more money. Mm -hmm. right. More money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to save. <laughs> to save. Right. More money to save. Because <laughs> I know you're not spending it. Nope. Yeah. Uh, well, this is fun. I didn't. I didn't know much about you before, love. But uh, Winnie uh, guaranteed me that you were full of personality and. Mm -hmm. Didn't know about all the championships. Congratulations on a, on a great career. And thank you. Keep it going. And you've been a wonderful guest. So thanks for being on the Selly Hard Pod. Yeah, thanks, love. Yeah, thanks for having me.